so a running theme on the podcast is that also just rehashes topics from last week, right? I guess to be fair, though, it's this happened, I don't know, like a couple hours after the end of the last pod. But that is a working theme of the podcast, right? Where also kind of just rehashes last week's topic kind of in a different little way. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's similar topic, but not exactly the same, right? Yeah. So last week, our opener was, hey, it seems like silly season has started a little early. And we're going to continue with that theme for our intro today. Silly season has started early. Um. So what was it that happened a few hours after we recorded, Anson? The Dallas Stars signed Pete DeBoer uh, as their head coach. And I believe it's four years for another $4 million annually. I mean, four years, $4 million. Seems like not a lot. Am I am I wrong? Did did Mike Babcock not sign like a seven million million dollar contract like a, a few years ago? But I don't think like the Boers on the same level as like a Babcock, right? Like Babcock was like a head coach of Team Canada. The Boer was like an assistant coach. Um, Babcock has won a cup before. The Boers made it only to the finals, so I don't see it. You know. For, like it's it's a little bit of a difference, but I think based on his accomplishments and the level of coach he is, I think that's a fair value for DeBoer. I don't know why. I, I'm not a fan of, of this signing. I don't know why. Like, I think part of the reason is this, I think this is kind of like a little set up to fail type of deal. Like, I don't think you're going to get any better as the Dallas Stars. Like, you're on the decline. And Pete DeBoer comes from one declining, you know, team to another declining team. It kind of just feels like he's he's kind of like a fall guy. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a history of DeBoer in the first couple of years of his new team. He, you know, leads him to the finals. But at the same time, I don't see him leading this particular Stars team. Like, if they make the playoffs is one thing, but I don't see them making it very far, especially in the Western Conference. Like, I'm sorry, does it not kind of feel like he's just, like, consistently in teams that are in the decline? He was the Devils. They lost to the Kings in decline. He's with the Sharks. And, you, I mean, maybe he continued that a little longer that team on the decline maybe stretched out a little longer before than we thought kind of in decline golden knights also a team kind of in decline and now finally the dow stars i feel like again a team kind of in decline is that just kind of like i don't know like seems to attract a certain type of uh role well i i find with DeBoer, I, I think he's like an offensive side coach more than like, I, I'm not sure what type of coach we could categorize him in, but like he, he doesn't seem to ever be like the guy that 
brings you to the cup, right? Well, he's never won a cup. He's just someone that gets you kind of close, gets you some winning seasons. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, he takes over teams that are on the decline. I don't think a coach would do that. Like, he wants a team that, you know, he feels like he can bring the best out of. But maybe it's, maybe we can call that he's normally coaching veteran teams, maybe? Is that a better way to explain that? I mean, I'll leave it with, with Anson to kind of choose but i would say no there are veteran teams but that aren't necessarily in decline right i mean i think of all the teams you mentioned i think the outlier for me is like the knights i think this season is different and they've only been active for only like what four seasons so that's whether they're or not they're in the decline i think that's not really a fair assessment but yeah, I think in a sense, every team that he takes on, by the time he's fired um, from that team, they're in a worse position that they were initially. But I don't know if that's necessarily his fault because he might be he might be a good enough coach that stabilizes the ship, but he's not a. I don't think he's a good enough coach to be like like I said like be the guy to take you to the very top. So, because like, what do you mean by a team that is a veteran but not in decline? I would say, for example, the Flames, the Oilers, the Leafs. Like, those aren't teams in decline. They're veteran teams. Are they not? Well, I, I think in terms of veteran teams, I'm looking at teams where their core is already at, like, 27, 28, 29. Like, all the teams that he's coached, their core pieces are all around that age. And then, of course, right, like he's there for what, four or five years. So then the core ages and then they're kind of on a decline. So like I, I would agree, like, yes, his teams are worse off when he gets fire, fired. But I think that's a reason why a coach gets fired, right? Because the team sucks. So I think it's hard to say that. Um, so like the reason why I say it's a veteran team. Yeah, it's the core that's a veteran. Like if you look like a, at a team like the Oilers, right? I wouldn't call them like a veteran team. I say they're probably a team on the up because, you know, McDavid's kind of young. Drysaddle's kind of young. Like, they're not at their peak. Calgary, I guess you could say they're kind of, like, they're close to becoming like that veteran team. But, like, if you look at when he's with the Sharks, when he's with the Knights, um, I can't remember if it was the Devils or even the Panthers, like, where those teams, like, more had a veteran core. Like, I feel like those are kind of the teams he's kind of been on. He hasn't really been on like a super young team where like there's a bunch of like young roster players, I would say. You know, like let, let's move on. I think we kind of beat the, the horse a little dead there. My next question, I guess, for you guys is how much do you need to produce to keep your job in the NHL? Like I'm looking at I'm looking at, you know, the Florida Panthers. You win the jacket. Your jacket was finalist, you know? And you make the President's Trophy, you win, and you're on an interim deal, and you still end up getting replaced for Paul Maurice if you're Andrew Burnett. Is that not kind of wild? Well, I 
it, it was Andrew Burnett the reason why the Florida Panthers did so well? Or was it the Florida Panthers roster that made them do so well? Like you said, though, you replace the coach when your team sucks. This team didn't suck. Yeah, so, like, I wonder, right, like, was Burnett the reason why they played so well? Probably not, right, because they played well under uh, Coach Q. Um, and then when you were mentioning, like, what does a coach have to do to keep their job? They got to win the cup. And when you're the Panthers, when you've risked so much to, you know, go all in the season and you fall flat in the second round to so your basically your cross – state rival i guess lightning like an an embarrassing fashion too right like he clearly got out coached by john cooper and i think you know it makes sense right he's only on there on an interim basis if there's a guy like paul maurice who you know granted hasn't shown as much you know playoff success as you know other coaches i think this is still higher where i think he at least can you know as a coach he has a positive um, impact. Brunette, I think we're still unsure what type of impact he has. Um, I, I think it's hard to tell given how small of a sample size we've had with him. But like the thing is, you go back a few years when Tampa got swept by Blue Jackets, um, they were a literally a historic team. Um, if they fired John Cooper then, then you wouldn't have the team that, you know, Tampa has now. Like, I don't think, whoever they hire, I don't think they'll be back-to-back. It kind of goes hand-in-hand. Like, the, they're great players, but you also have a great coach. And I think that, you know, that series, he got outcoached by Tortorella. But he came back, made adjustments, learned, and they won the first cup and second cup and so on. With Burnett, I think, yeah, like you said, he's young. He's like, it's first season. He leads them to a president's, what a president's trophy um, season. Yes, he got swept, but what like it doesn't it doesn't hurt to give him like I don't know a two year, like a two year I don't know contract to see what he could produce. Whether he comes back with more, you know he he learns from his like sw- um from getting swept, saying like. Yeah, he can adapt more to his game plans and whatnot. Like, wouldn't it be fair to give him that? It's his literally first coaching gig, like head coaching gig. And yes, again, he got swept, but I think he deserves like at least one or two more seasons, regardless of um, well, sorry, especially that he got this far, like in the second round, um, with the Panthers' core. Like, let's look at this Panthers' core, right? On paper, I would say it's a very, very good core. Right, like I'm looking at some names here. We've got Barkov, right? We've got is Reinhardt part of their core? I'd say so, right? I'd say so, considering his age. Yeah, Huberto, Ekblad, Uyghur, who's on a three point two five million. That's wild. Uh, Bobrovsky, Knight. Like they've got a Verhage, I guess. Verhage, yeah. I think they got a pretty solid core there. And they're young. This is like the type of team I'm talking about, where this is the kind of veteran team 
with not a decline. <laughs> See, like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I think, yes, he made it to the second round. Yes, it's his first time coaching gig. But given what, like, given the roster that he had, he should have done more than being swept out in the second round. And I think if you're Florida, you need, you can't, you don't have the time to be like, okay, let's give him one more try, right? Huberdo's up next year. Uyghur's up next year. You don't know how much longer Bobrovsky can play at a decent level, right? Like you've got basically, these are basically, this year was your one chance. Next year's your last chance. And then after that, you need to reassess, right? Can you even keep Huberto going into next season? Um, is Reinhardt really part of your core? Um, do you even have prospects, you know, that you can bring up going into next season, right? You don't have a first round pick in the next three years. Like if I'm looking at Florida, I think they're like, they're in a time crunch. They need to win. And I think they didn't trust Burnett enough to be that head coach. They wanted someone a little bit more proven. And I think that's why they brought on Paul Maurice. Okay. So if you want someone who is proven, wouldn't you want to pick the guy that has proven that, he can take your team to a president's trophy. Why mess with bringing in a new system when you know the old system at least gets you a president's trophy? Well, I thought you were going to say Barry Trotz when you're talking about proven, but like the fact that Burnett quote unquote brought them to a president's trophy is, I don't know, like they were kind of on the up anyway. So I honestly, I think it'd be interesting to look at the Panthers numbers before Burnett and then with Burnett like I wonder was there a marked difference in the performance that would suggest you know Burnett had a like a huge positive impact like I think Burnett probably has shown that he deserves a second chance somewhere but I think if you're Florida you want someone that's you know ready like a veteran coach you don't want just a new coach at this point but he coached 75 games it's not like he coached I don't know, 25 and was the difference maker between making playoffs or um, not being, not making playoffs. It's he brought them like given like the seven, eight games that Quenville coached aside from that, it was his like, you know, core, his game plan and whatnot. Like he sure he might've used something like from Quenville and whatnot, but surely I think that he got done dirty here in my opinion it's just that you take like i said it's a comparison to john cooper it's like if you fired him then you don't have this now like he made adjustments he like they had what 62 wins in that season and they didn't win a single postseason game um these guys at least made the second round and in his first year it's his first like head coaching gig in the nhl i i think he got shafted in this regard. Agreed. I, I, I think he got shafted. <laughs> but with that, let's start the show proper, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. So the awards were last night, and I don't think my co-host, I guess one of my co-hosts wasn't really paying attention to it. Would I be correct about that? Yes, I uh, fell asleep, and uh, I have yet to check to see who won what. I, I've got an oh. inkling about one, but I don't know. I know I know who got second for an award, apparently, 
or maybe who got third. I don't know, but um, I don't know who actually won anything. So we love games in the podcast, right? Also, before we actually reveal it, do you want to make ask him to guess who won? That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> you read my mind. You're welcome. So we'll go through each category and then uh, we'll chat about it. But before we go through each category, before we start the discussion for each category, we'll ask our ignorant friend here who he thought won. Does that sound good? Do I get to at least hear the nominees first? Uh, no. Trying to give you the whole nominees might be a bit... Yeah. Long. We're not going to ask you like the really, you know... Not the ones that don't have voting, like clear voting. So, like, I'm not gonna ask you like who won the Lady Bing because that that's really hard to guess. That's not fair. Or who won the King Clancy? You know, what I mean, like, I'm gonna ask you about the major ones, so you at least have an idea. You know what I mean? Can you give me like the three nominees that are like made public before the awards? Like, I I don't feel like I can guess amongst you know the three thousand odd um, NHL or sorry six hundred odd NHL players. I don't want to try guess who they are. Like. Can I no. please get like at least like three nominees? You, had, you, know, you had time to, to search that up, you know. You had time to, to know about that. It wasn't released yesterday as well, so no. I Are will you... answer your previous question. I don't like games. It's okay. Ah, uh, <laughs> heart, Jeffrey. Who do you think won the heart? How about this? I'll give you, I'll give you three players in the top ten who didn't. You know what? Like nice. I'll give you four players who didn't who didn't win in the top ten. I feel like that's more work, my guy. It's less work for me, more work for Olsen. I'm all game for that. Alright, so Ovechkin, Drysaito, Makar, and Kaprizov, none of them won the heart. Who do you think won the heart? I think we had this discussion earlier about either McDavid or Matthews. And I think Matthews hit Well, did he hit sixty goals? I don't remember. I think he did, so I'm gonna say Matthews won the heart because he hit the the benchmark for goals with 90 more first place votes. Austin Matthews, good job, Jeffrey, one for one. Um, he did hit 60 goals. Yes. Anyone impressed with the anyone else impressed with the NHL PA or who votes for this? The Writers Association is that the proper term for that? Um. For voting, Igor Shesterkin third. He had 24 first place votes. 26 second, 41 third, 29 fourth, 24 fifth. But I'm impressed that they were they didn't, you know, discount him. I think we've had many discussions before where we're like, well, feels like people think the heart is for skaters, the Vesna is for goalies. You keep the two separate. You would never vote McDavid for a Vesna, so you would never vote Shesterkin for the heart. No? No, I, I will give them kudos because, you know, like we said before, right? Uh, it's like the Vesna is like the MVP for goalies. But when we look at the actual wording of the heart, you know, the most valuable player to the team, I agree. Shesterkin was super valuable to the Rangers. Uh, he was well-deserving of the votes today. Do give kudos to the writers for you know, not, um, you know, only trying to vote skaters for the heart or literally just voting forwards, right? They're still the Norris, right? No one 
ever really win. Like no defenseman ever really wins the heart because they just win the Norris. Is there? I don't know. Like I, I'm surprised by that, but I'm also uh, surprised that I always like looking at down ballot because she's like, who gets a random vote every now and then? Always intrigues me. I can't believe Steven Stamkos got got five votes. They're all fifth place votes, but I can't believe that because Vasilevsky didn't get any votes. And I'm sorry, I feel like Vasilevsky was more important to that team than Stamkos. Well, I mean, I, I thought Stamkos had a pretty good season from my memory. And I don't know if Vasilevsky had the best season, right? Like they, they did only finish third in the Atlantic, so it wasn't like he had an amazing regular season. Um, playoffs, I guess it's a different matter, but you know, I couldn't understand Stamkos if he had a good season. He deserves some votes there. I mean, I guess. Um, moving on, I guess. The next award for the Norris. I feel like this is the one that Jeffrey knows who won. Four players who didn't win were, for some reason, Drew Doughty. I don't know why. Um, Tanev, Carlson, Slavin. Can you give him more than Tanev? Your four were Slavin, Carlson, Latang, and I don't know, Devin Taves. Who won, Jeffrey? I thought I saw something in the messages about Yossi, but I don't know if that was like he lost. Um, if it was Makar, I feel like one of our friends would have spammed the chat with it. But I don't think Hedman was that good, though. So I'm actually kind of perplexed, like. You know what? I'm going to guess Makar because he did have a good season and maybe our friend's just really busy and that's why he didn't spam the chat. Two for two. Um, he was... I'm terrible at math. Four second place votes different away from uh, from winning. Um, I don't know. This one This one is uh, intriguing. This one, I'm not even looking at the down votes. I don't know why Yossi got fourth place votes. I don't know why Makar got third place votes. <laughs> like Yossi had a ridiculous season. Um, according to former National Predators backup goaltender and current uh, Preds TV analyst, Yossi's point totals were the 19th most in a single season by Adima in the history of the NHL. Fun fact for you guys. You know, in my book, he, he was a winner. I could understand people maybe giving him a second place vote. In my mind, it wasn't it wasn't overly close. But I don't know why you're giving him a fourth place vote. McCarr, like I said, I, I can understand being like, yeah, okay. But at the same time, if you look at the team in front of McCarr versus the team in front of Yossi, I mean, eh. You know what I mean? This guy almost had 100 points in the season. Yeah, remember in March, we were talking about that Yossi had, I don't know, like 15 points in like seven games or something as a defenseman. He ran on a tear, and I'm just going to jump back real quick. So, like, Makar barely won um, the Norris, but on the heart, Yossi is... I don't know if this is a, like a reason or whatever. Yossi has a lot more votes than Makar in terms of the heart voting. And like it's not even close. Which makes no sense to me, right? It's like 
Why, if you're a writer and you go, wait, I put Yossi ahead of Makar in my votes. That's why, like, he deserves to be second on the Norris? Or is it just all the people who voted for Yossi kind of kept Yossi ahead of Makar? Is that why Makar got some third place votes? And then, you know, like, they all voted for, like, Matthews and McDavid? Like, I guess... But it doesn't make any sense to me here. Yeah, I think in, t- in the heart department, it's just like there's a nearly 200-point separation between the two, right? But when you look at Norris, you'll see he actually had more first-place votes. Um, like you said, it's the third and fourth place that really screwed Yossi at the end. And I think, in my opinion, in my opinion I think that Yossi should have won the Norris. Um. And Makar second. But I think it's kind of like weird how close this is. But then you look at Hart, it's completely like Makar barely got any votes. Well, I wonder like the reason why Makar got less votes, maybe like McKinnon or I don't even know, if maybe Kadri, maybe stole some of those votes from Makar in terms of when you look at the most valuable player. I wonder if that's why, but I, I think we're all in agreement that Yossi got, like, as we would we said earlier, he got shafted by Makar. And I wonder, was it maybe because he won recently? So that's why, you know, you want to give it to someone new. Um, Makar also had a stellar season, don't get me wrong, but I think we're all in agreement Yossi had the better season between the two. I really hate the whole... I know Drew Doughty benefited from this a few years ago, but, like, the whole, oh, he's kind of due for one. So we're just going to give it to him. Like, it should be on merit, right? I think that if you're the best defenseman for, let's just say, eight years running, I don't think that you should only have three Norris uh, trophies. I think you should have eight. Yeah, and can we also give a, a big shout-out to whoever decided, hey, looking at the list of defensemen, Hey, Charlie McVoy was the best out of all of them. <laughs> I don't know what you saw there, but I, I I would like a long-form content on this one explaining your thought process. The one first place vote? Yes. I want to know who that is, and I kind of want to ask the question. What you saw that none of us saw. Like, what you made went, you put him, that's our guy. Put him ahead of Headman, Yossi, and McCarter? Yes. Like, what you saw there, because it has to be, like, what you saw defensively, because offensively, there's no question here. So it's something defensive where you saw this and you were just like, he's a, be- he's a better defensive defenseman than Yossi and Makar and Hedmanar. That's why he's more valuable to them. He's the, sorry, he's the better defenseman, knowing that his offensive skills aren't as good. Right, like I, I just need to understand that thought process because if you're not right, if you're not the writer for you know the Boston Bruins specifically, and you still thought this, I mean, you see something that none of us see. If you're like a Boston Bruins like beat writer and you did that, I'm like, I guess maybe you're just really a fan of the team. Like, I expect this from, like, Jack Edwards type of deal. But, like, I don't think Jack Edwards gets a vote. 
No, I think as an announcer, I don't think he gets one. Yeah. But like, like a one first place vote for like, I don't know. Marshan for MVP. Yeah, Marshan for Hart or something. Yeah. I think you would see that, but it's weird. I I think I kind of like it where the top five, I think, are like for at least for the Norse, I think it's very like. I think it's a really good group. It's like Makar, Yossi, Hadman, McAvoy, Fox. I think yeah, that's I think, a very yeah. top, very like, there's a controversy there within the top five of who the best five are this season. I don't think I have a problem with the the five. I have a problem with the order of the five. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And I think one thing, I guess we're going to move on to the next trophy. It's like, if we look at the... Ted Lindsay. That's a story I like to look at, right? Because that that tells me what, in my mind, are the best players. Because they go there because the players are ones who are playing day in and day out, right? And they get to go in and they really experience it, right? And you see Roman Yossi as a finalist, but not Kale McCarr. The players, in my opinion, at least, the players saw this and were like, "I think Yossi's more valuable than McCarr is." It's chosen by his peers for most outstanding player for the regular season. That's what I'm saying, right? Yes. So, I you know what? We'll move on here. Because the Calder. This is my crowning achievement. I called this at the beginning of the season. Jeffrey, who won the Calder Trophy? Who were the four that didn't? Uh, Cole Caulfield. Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, Matt Boldy. Alex Carrier and Jeremy Swayman. Although Jeremy Swayman got two first place votes. I feel like you said Zegers at the beginning. Hansen no, said Zegers, I think, right? Well, you're spoiling it now. That wasn't Zegers. Um, it's my crowning achievement. Let me. Oh, who did you say that? I mean. Trying to think who else. I guess there's Bunting, but twenty six year old rookie. Yeah, I'm trying to think who did Olsen say. I didn't pick. Oh. I didn't pick uh, Michael Bunting either, Jeffrey. Goodness, who else was a rookie? This one's a, this one's an L for Jeffrey because I think Jeffrey suggested Zegers. Zegers did not win. No, I threw yeah, out Zegers. You know what? I, I think I threw out Cole Caulfield originally, but I think I changed yes. my mind. Uh, no, I, no. I, I, <laughs> mm. Who you is it, Jeffrey? I am going to take a pass because I actually don't know. Detroit Red Wings. Was it Cider? Yeah, it was. I picked Cider from the start. Y'all didn't believe me. I always believed in Mort Cider. Called her a winner. It wasn't even close. <laughs> This was not even close. There's a clear separation in first, second, third of yeah of the. So of the quick maths here, 195 voters, 170 of them chose Moritz Sider. And one of them chose Lucas Freeman. I could see it. I, I could see it. Um. I don't agree with it because Cider had what fifty points in all eighty-two games. So I see it. Don't get me wrong, but but no, right? Like 
Lucas Schumann had 57 points, right? He had more points, but one is a plus 34. Oh, sorry, a minus nine. Plus, see the different elements. One's a minus nine, one's a minus 32. Offensively, you know, the output was larger with Lucas Raymond, but they're different positions. Um, as a fourth place, I will put him as a third place because I put in, I put a value, a premium on age, right? At 26, you're much farther into your prime. You're much more physically developed than a 19-year-old Lucas Raymond. So in my mind, I would probably put maybe Michael Bunting at like fourth or fifth. That's fair. I maybe think. not even include him, to be honest with you. I think fourth to fifth for this season is fair. I think Cider, Zegris, between like Raymond, Swayman, for the last couple of uh, spots, I think that's fair. Even like Lundell, he played pretty well on the uh, Panthers team. Yeah, like I would probably put him at sixth. Michael Bunting, just because 26, you're, like I said, right? Like, your body's more physically mature. You're faster, you're stronger. In theory, um, he'd be more in his prime as opposed to the rest yeah. of these rookies. Yeah, like, Bunting is closer to his ceiling than, let's say, Lucas Raymond is. Jeffrey, how do you feel about this? I'll be honest. I feel like Cider had a great start to the NHL season, but then maybe he was just so consistent that we didn't hear about him much like that. I, I feel like it was a while. Like he just was steady and we didn't like see exceptional things of, as of him as a rookie compared to Zegers. But I do believe he is deserving of winning. Like, I don't think like it's like he got shot, like Zegers got shafted per se. So I just think like maybe cider just didn't get as much fanfare, you know, given how crap Detroit was this season, but also like, it wasn't like Cider was doing Michigan goals every couple of days, right? Like he was just being a solid, good defenseman, and you know he was well deserving of the Calder. I think Zegers was more exciting, right? If I had to watch either player, you know, watch a game with either player, I would probably watch Zegers because you never know what kind of wacky, insane stuff he might just pull out of his bag, right? Cider, you know, more traditional, not as exciting, right? But the output was just better with Cider. You know what I mean? I think one's more for, like, the TV, and one's more for the... Like, one's more exciting for, like, the TV product, and one's more exciting for, like, the... um, Coaches. (laughs) Yeah. Realistically, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think... Yeah, that's it, right? Like, that's the difference. Um, final one, Jeffrey, the Vesna. We talked about it. Please tell me you know who won. I'm assuming it's Igor Shosturkin, given the fact that he was third in the heart. So I will lock in that answer. Yes, this one is ordered by NHL general managers. Uh, the first place, Shosturkin, and then the remaining first place votes, one for Vasilevsky, one for Anderson, one for Sorokin. So none for Saros or Markstrom. Yes, Saros got uh, 14 second place, 13, uh, sorry, 14 second place, 11 third places. Saros got nine second places, five third places. I'm fine with that, to be honest with you. Um, I would have thought maybe Saros gets at least one first place post. I'd, but... I'd imagine like the second and third get the, like, you know, one or two first place, but not 
four, five, and but six. But I'm also okay with that idea. Do you know what I mean? Like variation. No, like Markstrom, I would say was the second best goalie. He carried that team a lot, and Nashville was also carried. But at the same time, they also had, in our opinion, at least, the Norris winner. Right, so that carries a lot of load off UC Soros, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm fine with that idea. I didn't think Vasilevsky deserved a first place vote. No, sorry, Vasilevsky Anderson deserved a first place vote. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, he did lead. This is this is like the 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 Hurricanes Anderson, not the Sabers Anderson, correct? We oui. like to me, like I mean. The Hurricanes did, you know, win the Metro Division, so I think he's deserving, and I do think that, you know, Brendan Moore's style, style allows for a guy like Anderson to put up really good stats. Um, he did play quite a few games, too. I mean, Renta was out for a little bit, too, so, like, I think if you look numbers-wise, Anderson's not, like, an awful choice to say number one. But, I mean, it's only one person who did it, right? Like, it's not like, you know, a whole bunch of people were like, yeah, Anderson deserves it. Like, I think if we're going back to talking about, like, you know, why did not like, Saros or Markstrom not get first place votes? I think it was quite clear that, you know, Shesterkin was the top goalie. And I, I'm assuming he won by quite a margin, like, given the fact that there were, like, some goalies only got, like, so few goalies only got, like, one first place vote. So... I'm assuming a lot of people were just like, you know, yeah, Shesterkin was, you know, number one, and then everyone else just has to fall, um, fall in line behind him. So, uh, I'm okay with the, the voting results as you guys are telling me now. I don't see them on my screen, but I'm based on what you guys are saying. I think I'm okay with it too. Can we talk about how really Huso got a third place vote? I mean, he's good, but like, yeah, I. I can kind of see it, but if there's only three votes, I wouldn't give Huso a third place vote. Yeah, like a fourth or a played, fifth is different, but like not a third. I think. He played well, but he played less than half the games. <laughs> I think they were maybe just caught up on the whole like he took over for Bennington halfway through the season kind of thing. Yeah, like I guess. <laughs> Maybe, but like at the same time, just like, oh, you know, he was a backup who only played half the game. Like, he he's a starter by the end of it, but he started as a backup who had played most of the games. You know what I mean? 100%. Um, do you want to jump to the all-star teams? Like the... Uh, I'm okay not going over them, but if you want to, we can. Just the one that I'm kind of irked about it's um Connor McDavid is on the second all-star team and Why are you by that? I mean would I don't know in place of Matthews Marner and Gaudreau well no it's center right I guess in center center yes but I just a bit well okay you go by positions and you can't have the heart winner be the second center because it's not the NBA where it's like fluid positions. They no, actually they actually positions. really lock it in. Yeah, yeah. That's so, the difference. Yeah. So what what are you what are you expecting there? It just kind of sucks. Like a guy who has like a hundred like plus points, it's just like he's second. I guess, but like, what else are you gonna do? You know what I mean? 
like if you were going to complain to something, I'd be like, why is to Chuck there and not Kaprizov to Chuck who got one fifth place vote is ahead of Kaprizov who got two first place votes. I'm like, that's, if you want to complain about it. Yeah. I guess you want to complain about that. But like, besides that, it looks fine to me. Um, but before we move on to Jeffrey explains, is there anything else you guys want to talk about hockey related? Nope. None, nothing for me. You can move on. All right. Uh, in today's episode of Jeffrey explains, uh, featuring Anson again, because as you know, he's here. Jeffrey, can you explain to me why sunsets or sunrises are better? Pick a, pick one and explain. And we'll start with Jeffrey because uh, last time Anson started, and then you know Jeffrey had limitations. So whatever Anson, whatever Jeffrey chooses, I'll pick up some limitations after. But Jeffrey, why are sunrises or sunsets better? Pick your side. Um, I am a sunset guy. Um, I think the thing with sunrises is you have to get up super damn early to see them. I mean, I guess in the winter it's not as bad, but I mean it's cold outside. Um, to me, sunrises, right? You have to get up super duper early. Um, I realize as, as as I'm saying this, in about two days, I'm going to be waking up at four o'clock to see a sunrise. Um, so maybe I'm a little biased here, but I feel like with sunrises, like you, as you watch the sun come up, you know, the world gets illuminated, but then, you know, it just kind of just, it's illuminated and then you're like, okay, now what? Now I go to work or now I go get on with the rest of my day. I feel like it doesn't have the same effect as a sunset where you're slowly, you know, watching the beautiful colors you know show you're watching the sun slowly set it down through the horizon and it, it to me it just seems so much more satisfying maybe probably more romantic than a sunrise i would say i i don't know i feel like when you what happens in, in like the society i think people prefer sunsets over sunrises like the sunset it gives you like as the sun goes down i feel like you have like an opportunity to make it more romantic than the, the sunrise like like what does it not make sense this? to you no does the sun okay <laughs> if Alson, if you were on a date would you pick to go see a sunrise or a sunset dude i'm not the question here though my if you ask me i would say oh sunset because i don't want to wake up simple as that my entire argument is based on the fact that i like to sleep late sleep in and that's what exactly what I said too. I don't want to wake up just to see a oh sunrise. I'm moment. okay with a sunset, you know. End of the day, <laughs> perfect for me. Don't have to wake up early. I can go right to sleep after a sunset, or you know, I can stay up a little bit later if I wanted to. You know, multiple options. So I am, I am going to say sunset over sunrise. What the hell is this? All right, Anson, why is a sunrise better than a sunset, and you can't use the word sunrise or sunset. <laughs> oh, that's just take the entire thing out of it. Yes. So I'm doing the opposite now. I'm trying to yes. fight for sunrise. You don't. You don't get a choice. Yes, that's the zero restriction. That's worse. Far worse. Yes, sir. Uh, when the sun comes up, I feel like it's better. It, it you know, it's still there. <laughs> It's better because that's the beginning of your day, and that's like an indication that, you know, say today, 
it's at 5.35 a.m. And it's the, uh, when the sun comes up and when the sun goes down, it's at 9.04. You have an entire day where it's like, you know, the sky is blue, throwback, um, and that you can do like whatever you want. It's just a, you have the entire day to do all your activities, whatever you need, like go to work, go for dinner or whatever. It's still like bright out. So that's why I think the sun going up, this restriction is kind of <laughs> fucked. Um, it's better because you, you got to like early start to your day as opposed to a, you know, when the sun goes down at like late at night, it just, especially now, it's just, you only have like an hour and a half or two, if that, um, to kind of relax and get settled in and go into bed. Solid. I know. I have a feeling this isn't the the thing you believe in, but absolutely that's the restrictions. not. Yeah, I have feeling it out either. So, uh, with that, uh, I think our next show will be after the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, so we will catch you on the other side, and uh, we love y'all, and we'll talk to y'all soon, and we'll have some final thoughts from. Ants in second because I went first for the first time in forever. You want me to go first? I I went I went first. I went first. I I let you go second. I took the initiative this time. All right. Um. Well, right now, game four. So the way that's going, I think Jeffrey's uh, Tampa in six has a chance. But you know, we talked about all these coaches being hired. I think the big one hasn't dropped yet, but. You don't know, it's like maybe by, by the uh, next episode, we'll be like, hey, third time's a charm. Guess who's being hired? So we'll see and keep an eye on the uh, Barry Trotz situation over there. Jeffrey? I would like to agree with Anson. My prediction is going to come true. Tampa in six. Um, hopefully we don't have to start off another episode of talking about a coach getting hired four hours after we last recorded. Um, yeah, I'm excited. We're going to figure out the winner uh, on our next pod. Um, and we'll have lots to discuss. I mean, I think the draft is coming up soon, probably. Like, is, does offseason start July 1st? I don't even know. Like, this is going to be a busy next episode. And then maybe we'll relax a bit. You know, you know, sometimes you just need a break from hockey. So we'll see how this summer goes. Uh, we'll let you guys know. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.